Hi, everybody. This is Gad Saad. I've been in the public arena for many years, and I faced all sorts of, you know, haters and all kinds of miscreants and cretins. Some of the ones that have been the most dogged in their hatred have been uh, the vegan brigade. Those are the folks who did not like when I tried to argue that there are evolutionary reasons why humans have evolved to consume animal protein. And I had offered a nomological network of cumulative evidence in support of my position, but they came after me for days on end. And it was really quite something. Then another group that I have faced that uh, has been very rough have been the pronoun brigade. When I told the story of my wife being empathetic and kind and not wanting to uh, hurt someone's feeling, not knowing uh, how they should be addressed. It was a story of kindness and empathy and sensitivity. Then I think it was something like 26 million tweet impressions later and thousands of insults and threats and so on because I was a bigot and so on and she was mentally deranged, my wife. And so and again, it was a story about compassion and kindness that she was frozen, that she didn't want to make a faux pas. It showed how sensitive she was. And then a few days ago, I posted a clip uh, which resulted from the stories with Whoopi Goldberg, where she said some really, uh, you know, grossly inappropriate things about the Holocaust. But I said she shouldn't be canceled. She shouldn't, you know, you know I mean, people can say stupid things and, you know, we we address it and we move on. So my position was that she shouldn't be uh, canceled. And then the Joe Rogan thing happened with the N-word. And so I posted a set of tweets where I was saying, look, Stop mythologizing this word as we can't say it. We can't, you know, it's a, right. And I said, it's wrong to, you know, uh, hurl any insult at anyone, but rise above it. Don't be a perpetual victim. Don't engage in hysteria, right? Some people use the N word to mean friends. Some people use it in rap songs. Some people are grotesque racists and use it in the inappropriate way. But certainly the way Joe Rogan had used it in the montage, was not due to racism. I know Joe, as you know, he's a personal friend of mine. He's not racist. And so I was saying, you know, rise above this constant uh, victimhood status. It was a message that was meant to empower people to say, you're stronger than the ones who hurl hate at you. It was a message of positivity. And I contextualize it in the context of, you know, the Jewish history of oppression, saying, uh, look, if anybody knows our history, meaning the Jews, and knows my personal history, then I come from a place where I can talk about victimhood. Uh, and yet, I rose above it. Over the past two years, if I took a montage, if I sat for the next 10 hours collecting all of the hate that I've received, typically from noble people of color, but really a, a level of orgiastic hate, I mean, anti-Semitic hate, you know, all kinds of hate for, you know, because I was a bigot. I, you know, I was condoning the use of the N-word. Of course, I was arguing the opposite of that. You, you just couldn't believe it. And then being who I am, being the honey badger that I am, instead of saying it's a complete waste of time to engage these people, I oftentimes get sucked in. And for two days, I tried to engage several people. And it was just, if you saw the way they were interacting with me, you know, if if any person did that one millionth of that to them, then they would be canceled and they would be, you know, 
put on trial in front of the public to be flogged for being racist, but they can hurl this insult at me. People who are 20 years old, I'm old enough to be their father, uh, but that's okay because they're victims. And so anyways, it was quite, I mean, it was soul crushing, not in the sense that I care about what they say. That's the, the least of my problems because it really represents the zeitgeist. It represents what happens when a society is organized along the highest calculus being, you know, the victimhood currency. I win because I'm a bigger victim. And so I thought about it for a bit. And I, at the end of the two days of astounding interactions I've had with people, really a, a level of hate that's difficult to comprehend. I mean, really vile stuff like KKK stuff. Uh, but being directed at me from noble people of color, so it can't be racist or bigoted or anti-Semitic because, you know, they, you know, that's what it is. That's the currency. So I put out a set of tweets just now to kind of conclude this story and move on. I just had lunch, a dinner with my beautiful family, uh, just exercised a bit, going going to go back to exercise. But I thought that if any of you don't follow me on social media, it might be worthwhile for me to read it here for you. Because I truly think that if you listen to this message and truly internalize it, uh, hopefully we can defeat some of these idea pathogens. Here we go. I understand why endless people have been hurling astounding hate at me for two days. If you contextualize their victimhood status against other stories of, of oppression, it is an attack on their monopolistic narrative as the sole victims throughout human history, right? That's what Munchausen is, right? I'm a victim. I'm a victim. You can't steal my victimhood. If you, cut, if you, if you infringe on my victimhood, then I lose that power. So shut up, bigot. Shut up, Jew. My family fled execution in Lebanon. My grandparents fled Syria. My wife's family fled Lebanon. Her grandparents fled the Armenian genocide. Of course, never mind the Holocaust. But we should shut our mouths because only one group is a victim. And if you say otherwise, you are a bigot. Shut up, Jew. The reality is that I've experienced more horror on a given Tuesday in my childhood than most of the Twitter outrage has collectively faced in their entire lives. And yet, I've overcome my tragic past. I recognize my story, but I move on. My revenge in life is to live a good and dignified life. A life of compassion, strength, and individual dignity. I don't wallow in the tragedy of my early life, but I recognize it and conquer my past. I am preaching this message to all people. It's a message of positivity, strength, and resilience. And yet, I've been called horrifying things for two straight days. Why do I do it? Because I care about deontological principles. I care about individual dignity. I care about personal agency. Hence, I try to inspire people to rise above the hate that they face. I'm not condoning hate. I'm saying, if you face the hate, go like this and move beyond it. And yet, I'm apparently Adolf Hitler. By the way, one person wrote, uh, there were many, one person wrote, a noble person, how does, this, how does the smell of Aus Auschwitz feel for you? Or something like that. 
Imagine someone writing that to you. I truly don't think that we are going to win this battle of ideas. I waste countless hours trying to do the right thing, but ultimately I stand alone. Time to have dinner with my beautiful family. I now have had that dinner. Good luck. So again, the point is to tell people, look, there are many, many people who've had either tragic personal histories, they were abused when they were children. My story growing up in Lebanon is a really, really ugly story. Way uglier than anything who's hurled insults at me has ever faced in terms of any bigotry they faced in the United States. By definition, they're not even on the same planet. I recognize my story of my childhood. It is part of who I am. But then I argue it's my overcoming it that makes me the person that I am, right? 25 years I spent after escaping Lebanon, waking up with massive nightmares, okay? But I've overcome it. I'm now 57. I do good things in my life. I recognize that there's endless hate. I recognize it because I see the stuff that's coming at me from noble people who wouldn't know hate like the one I've come from in the Middle East. And so what I'm saying to them is, you're bigger than that. You're stronger than that. Screw the haters. Don't let the N-word shackle you. You're stronger than that. That's a message of hate or a message of positivity. That's a message of personal dignity. Nobody can touch you. No bigoted racist hurling a stupid insult at you could ever get to you. Isn't that a message that we want our intellectual leaders to be preaching? Personal agency, personal freedom, personal autonomy, individual dignity. And yet, again, if I show you the hate that I've received, imagine if I were walking on the street and five or six of those folks were to recognize me. I wouldn't be getting pummeling of the version of the Twitter mob. I would be get, getting physically pummeled. Is that the kind of society you want to live in? How about you politely engage me? Say, hey, Professor Saad, here are my thoughts. What are yours? And then I might think about it and then return to you. But no, cancel him, cancel him. Twitter, why aren't you blocking him? Why aren't you eradicating him? Cancel him. Jew, Jew, how does Auschwitz smell? This is the discourse that we face. Now, I escaped that 45 years ago in, Le in Lebanon. To see it now normalized in the West on Twitter where people don't even hide that stuff. And what has empowered them to be this hateful is because they've been taught you're a victim, therefore you can't do wrong. You are on a superior moral plane. All others, if they don't share your skin, you can never be as strong a victim as you. Well, guess what? I am a bigger victim than you. And what defines all the good that I do in the world is that I've overcome that victimhood. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wallow in that. Be dignified, walk tall, stand strong, and let the haters wallow in their hate. My goodness. And now I've got to get ready for another busy day tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. And if you support what I do, and if you believe in the message of unity, anti-tribalism, anti-hate that I preach, then consider supporting my channel and my work in any way that you can. Cheers, everybody.